Hello friends, I'm Amiti back again with a new episode of Business Line State of the Economy podcast. Our topic of discussion today is the proposed free trade agreement between India and the UK. Both the governments in India and the UK are putting their combined weight behind concluding the proposed FTA negotiations by the year end. An estimated four-fifths of the pact is said to have been sorted out at the 10th negotiating round last month, according to some officials. However, contentious areas such as standard production for Scotch whisky and automobiles, rules on intellectual property rights, the issues of financial services, mutual recognition agreements and services, etc. are yet to be ironed out. Commerce and Industry Minister Piyush Goel was in London on July 10th to 12th, where he held talks with UK Secretary of State for Trade, Kemi Badenoch, on the FTA. According to a government statement, considerable progress was achieved on various difficult issues related to the FTA during the discussion. We have with us today Dr. Biswajit Dhar, trade expert and former professor at the JNU, to explain various aspects of the India-UK FTA. Dr. Thir, welcome back to Business Line State of the Economy podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. To start with, could you explain what the UK and India are set to achieve with this uh, you know, free trade agreement? What do the countries individually hope to gain out of this? I think both countries uh, are looking forward to getting substantial market access in each other's countries. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, over the decades, trade relations between India and, and UK have uh, become, uh, uh, you know, they become substantially less than what used to be. Just to give you a set of numbers, case of India, uh, UK used to be India's third largest trading partner in the year 2000-2001. In, in 2021, it was down to 14th. So there's substantial sort of, you know, decrease in UK's importance as India's trade partner. And uh, for the UK, India is the 12th largest trade partner and it's sort of remained thereabouts uh, for the past two decades. So I think what is important for both India and UK is really to improve these numbers because of the size of the economies and uh, the markets they offer. Therefore, there's substantial trade potential that could be exploited in each other's countries. Now, UK, after leaving the European Union, is trying to find its feet, at least, let me put it this way, hasn't yet found its foot uh, given the kind of crisis that it has gone through. But in the medium long run, it really uh, is trying to establish it itself as a major trading power. And, and what a better opportunity to, to realize this objective than uh, to seal a deal with India and uh, secure uh, significant market access in India. So for both the countries, you know, so the country, UK and India, it's seen as a win-win situation. Uh, and uh, they, they would like to harness the complementarities that exist and secure a better deal for the country and businesses and the, and the, and the people. Right. You know, it is said that a large part of the negotiations have been successfully completed. But, you know, there are areas like it is said that, you know, always the toughest is there for the last. So what, according to you, are the issues, you know, where consensus could be elusive, where it could be a problem to arrive at, you know, something that is acceptable to both sides. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, issues on tariffs are uh, never behind you until it is finally sealed. And it actually happens near the conclusion of any negotiations. So I think there are several areas where the issues on tariffs have become the sticking point because the two countries are not on the same page as far as tariff reduction is concerned. And some of the sectors include the automobiles, uh, where I think there are 
huge differences in respect of tariff cuts. You know that these are two sectors where the tariffs in India are significantly higher. And uh, in case of uh, automobiles, uh, in none of the FTAs that India has signed thus far, at least with the major countries, uh, the you know India has uh, reduced tariffs on automobiles. But UK is uh, very keen that auto tariffs come down. And so, uh, uh, alcoholic be- beverages. Um, then uh, the other sticking point is dairy products. And uh, I believe that on these three issues, there, there are uh, significant uh, differences. The next uh, issue I would say related to the tariffs issue is the whole issue of rules of origin. Now, you know that uh, India has been using uh, the new set of rules the, on rules of origin, which is the customs administration of rules of origin under trade agreement rules, which is better known as CAROTAR. And this is, uh, you know, lots of checks and balances on the importers. The onus is on the importers. And uh, there is uh, a feeling among the trade partners, both uh, existing and the potential, that the CAROTAR rules are, are too strict. And that whatever concessions India is giving with on one hand is taking away with the other by imposing this kind of trade trade rules. Then, of course, uh, services is one area where we all know that UK has uh, substantial interest. Where uh, and uh, again, this is a historical legacy of legacy of sorts. Uh, we have had differences on accounting services, audit services, and legal services. Of course, in the legal services, there is a bit of a you know silver lining because there was a recent uh, Bar Council of India resolution to allow foreign lawyers and law firms to practice foreign law in India on a reciprocity basis. So there is a bit of a window of opening there. And of course, digital. And if time permits, I can, I can expand on it later. Digital is always <laughs> the second point with all the major yeah. Right. So that brings me to my next question. So all these issues that you just raised, so they are all subject to negotiations. So there are negotiations that are happening like almost every month. But, you know, some Indian officials informally have you know alluded to some red lines in their, you know, in current negotiations. So they are saying that there are certain issues you know, for instance, uh, the IPR issues related to, to generic medicines and mm-hmm. uh, this commitment on data protection and uh, on government procurement, you know, continuing to protect the MSMEs. So they're saying that these are the areas where they would not budge. So these are like the red lines. So how important is it for India to, you know, stay strong in these areas and not make any compromises? No, I think the question of the whole area of uh, digital uh, rules and India has uh, still to come out very clearly with uh, uh, the rules uh, relating to data portability and all. This has been, like I said, it's been a sticking point. And um, and in my view, this is very important. Again, uh, this is almost sounds at need. We've all been saying that... uh, the the new oil of the information economy and going forward when you're looking at the uh, you know the way spreading is swings and and what have you you know the whole digital world really taking a you know sort of uh, getting a stranglehold on on economies major economies uh, uh, that is the whole area of digital in in sense that uh, uh, the the contentious issues like the free and trusted cross-border data flows, the India's insistence on data localization, and uh, 
the mandatory requirement uh, of uh, transfer of source source codes, algorithms, and encryption keys. Now, these are really the sticking points, but these are also the heart of this whole digital uh, sort of regulation framework that we are looking at from India's point of view. So I think it's very important for India. Then on issue of government procurement, again, you know, we have been saying for decades now that government procurement is extremely important in India uh, for uh, protecting the interests of MSMEs. And uh, this has become even bigger uh, after the pandemic-induced uh, uh, downturn, where the biggest hit was on the MSMEs. So I think if at this point, at this juncture, when the economy is recovering, uh, the MSMEs, the government procurement, the huge market that the government procure, provides to the MSMEs, that is taken away from the MSMEs, then it's going to be a big problem. And like MSMEs are the major em employment pr providers. Now, on the question of IPRs, of course, mm -hmm. IPRs and the whole uh, issue of uh, uh, you know the flexibility uh, for uh, promoting the generic firm, uh, the pharmaceutical producers, is extremely important. It's almost a lifeline for India in in many ways. But then there is a very interesting sort of dynamic playing out from the from the from the British side, from the UK side, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, sometime back. Uh, the, the National Health Service, the NHS, in its strategic approach, said a very interesting thing. And I just quote what they said. And this was a submission they made to the House of Commons, uh, uh, the committee that was looking at India, U, UKFTA. They said that we will not accept any provisions that will increase the cost of medicines for the NHS. And, and then they went go on to say, and this is the cooperative part, our commitment to this will not change during our negotiations with India. So, you know, very strangely, we have an ally in the UK, you know, right. the users of generic medicines are now coming and saying, no, we will not allow any amendment forced uh, mm -hmm. by the, uh, you know, bilateral FTA. So this is very interesting, actually. We haven't seen this kind of a dynamic, uh, you know, playing out in any FTA till now. Right. So at least in IPR, we may not expect too much opposition if we try to, you know, no, continue we'll with our No, it'll actually we are getting support for IPR on the generic medicines yeah. issue. We are actually being supported by the NHS. So that's great news for us. Yeah. yeah, right. So, um, you know, India and the UK are also working on an investment protection agreement. You know, after after uh, the finance ministry allowed all the BITs to lapse sometime in 2016-17. So, uh, but there are differences also, especially in the area of dispute settlement. So, could you just briefly explain what these differences are and how serious are these? So, um, is it possible to for the two sides to sit and you know basically uh, bridge these differences? No, well, I think uh, the way uh, India's uh, new model BIT, the Bilateral Investment Treaty, sets out the in investment protection uh, clauses, the in, uh, the ISDS, the Investor State Dispute Settlement Procedures. Uh, that will be unacceptable to most of the developed countries. And that is because, you know, the whole ISDS mechanism, the way it has been promoted, it was promoted by the OECD countries and which all these uh, countries we are negotiating with, be it the UK or the UAU, uh, they are, uh, you know, sort of, uh, they, they, their temp template is based on the OECD model. There, the entire onus is on the, the foreign investor the ball really is in the foreign investors' court to, you know, to dictate terms to, to the state 
in the event of a of a dispute now what the indian uh, model treaty does and 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 when this was uh, amended uh, uh, the, the the government had made it very clear that any future investment agreement that india signs with any partner country will will have only this framework this kind of uh, 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 framework of dispute settlement in that agreement and nothing else now this has lots of checks and balances now for instance the foreign um, investor can't pull the trigger and just go to an international arbitration because it feels that you know the, the domestic uh, courts are uh, they 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 take a lot of time and uh, they don't get a, a quick redressal so the, built into this uh, dispute settlement uh, procedure of the model act that india has the model uh, you know the law that india has are provisions which say that the first recourse for the foreign investor is to exhaust all remedies in the local courts they can't mm-hmm. actually short circuit this process and then go to the you know international arbitration mm-hmm. now that's a big thing actually yeah. mm-hmm. the second issue is that there are a number of areas uh, where uh, they you know they've been excluded for instance in case of of patents and and this is especially true when it comes to uh, uh, case of compulsory license where you know the government issues a compulsory license when uh, a patent holder is charging excessive uh, prices for uh, patented products so the government can give license to any indian company to produce this in india cases like this will not be considered as uh, you know uh, sort of uh, appropriation of the assets of the foreign companies so uh, so there are a number of very uh, strong provisions there and uh, like in other agreements where uh, we have had uh, problems we have had differences i think uh, this difference is also going to play out uh, in case of uk so commerce minister pujwal he was uh, recently in london and he held talks with uh, his counterpart kemi badenock on the fta and on these difficult issues so he said that they were focusing on low hanging fruits and were also trying to see you know how to move the difficult uh, areas uh, ahead so um, what can the two governments actually do at this point of time to speed up talks so i think you know some of the the difficult areas like for instance in the in case of like i, I mentioned some of the sectors in which uh, the tariff negotiations are really becoming very difficult this you should try and find a, a middle ground where things would become very difficult i am i feel the, right on top of this list would be india's rules of origin uh, i think mm-hmm. that is going to be uh, very difficult to uh, get around now how they're going to do it I, i'm not not too sure but uh, so all these areas that i just mentioned these are really some kind of red lines for india now digital mm-hmm. is a red line i don't think mm-hmm. that india india can move on this issue on uh, uh, iprs of course uh, it's not as bad as i think uh, is, uh, you know and uh, so rules of origin and digital and uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, dairy products for instance uh, lowering tariffs on dairy products these are areas where i think there will be a lot of uh, hard negotiations and and we'll have to wait and watch uh, how this end game which they say is going to play out towards the end of this year really uh, happens uh, thank you so much dr dhar for explaining things so well for our listeners uh, as the india uk fta negotiations you know progress further we hope to have you again here to 
take forward today's discussion and then see you know um, how the situation develops uh, thank you a, so much yes yeah, yeah. always a pleasure speaking to you amiti uh, thank you so much okay goodbye to all our listeners and have a great day